Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we're joined by Mitch Russo. And today's going to be a great call. Um, You're definitely going to want to take notes, maybe even listen to this call a couple of times, because Mitch has quite the background and quite the the list of credentials. Um, So first of all, He's had a long career in business and success in business, and I'm sure he's got a couple of failures, and we can talk about that in a minute. But he built and sold what was at the time the world's largest time-tracking software firm. And then after that, when he got finished with that, he was chief operating officer for a company called Sage with a division of over 300 people and a market cap of over $100 million. Uh, He's twice been nominated for Inc. Magazine's Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, Once he beat 4,000 people to win the title of Best Entrepreneur in 89 by the National Association of Legal Vendors, He worked very closely with Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins as president and CEO of a company called Business Breakthroughs. And Business Breakthroughs, which if you can't tell from the name, basically they provide thousands of businesses a year with coaching, consulting, training services. And he's also releasing a book next year on transitioning a traditional brick-and-mortar company into a fully virtual organization. And today, he's here to help uh, tell us a little bit about himself and his journey and how he can help us achieve our business goals. So, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure talking to you. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Daryl. Thank you so much for that very generous introduction. I I actually sometimes forget all the stuff on my resume. That's how old I really am. Yeah, well, I think as entrepreneurs, <laughs> well, I think as entrepreneurs, we always focus on like what's next. What's like, yeah, I did that yesterday, but what did I do today? And you exactly. know, to be fair, there is something that I did leave out. You're also just an amazing human being. Like we've talked, and you know, just people will tell by the tone of your voice. You just, you're just a really compassionate person, very caring, and you're just really easy to talk to. You're very open with information. There's no, there's like no. There's none of that nonsense that you get with some people. You know what I mean? Like I just there's none of that pretentiousness or any of that. And that's something I really love about you because to me it exemplifies you've you know, you're a successful businessman and to me, um, I say with a lot of friends, I feel that business is somewhat Shakespearean where people often fall victim to their flaws. So it's you know, running a business and being involved in a business is you have to be into personal development because of that. And I just feel like you seem like a really well rounded person and you carry yourself so well and so, you know, that's not in the intro, but that's something I think should be said because Sometimes that stuff can mean more than than a track record, I think. Um, well, thank you, Daryl. That's really sweet of you to say. I very much appreciate your comments. And I think that comes from the way I was raised, of course, but 
it, it comes a lot from the mentors that I've had in this life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that you surround yourself are, are basically who shape you. And I've had some of the most incredible people around me helping to shape me as a human being. And, you know, I can only be grateful now that we're sort of on the cusp of Thanksgiving here. You know, you start to say thanks to all of the, to the people in your life and to the universe for bringing them to you. And so that's where I am today. I'm in that place of gratitude. And, and your comment just reinforced that. So thank you. Mm, oh, no, thank you. It's, it's always an honor to talk. So how did you get started in all this? What, what happened? I mean, the mentors, the people you met, like, tell us that story. I mean, how did you even get started in business? Well, you know, it's so funny because you never know what life is going to bring you. And, and your sometimes modest beginnings were really the, the true beginning of, of your adulthood and your business career. Mine started as lead guitar player in a rock band. And in high school, <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, I loved playing the guitar, but I had a motive here. My motive was that I was really shy and I never really was very good with the girls. And I figured that if I played in a band, I could probably get more dates. <laughs> very honest. Hey, that's, that's how I got my, got my marketing skills, trying to, trying to film on Friday nights. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, look, you got to be motivated by something, right? That's so, right. So one of the things I did was once, you know, we had a band, um, we had a practice, of course, but once we were good, we had to book ourselves and we had to get booked. And the only way to do that was to go out there and sell the band. And everybody else was kind of too stoned to do that. So I volunteered (laughs) and uh, I went out there and I booked us in some unbelievable venues. Now, remember, I was 16 years old. And we played for the National Democratic uh, Committee meeting in New York City as one of our gigs. So we, we were able to get into some amazing places. And at 16 years old, we were booking in at $500 a night for the band. Now, I don't know in, in today's dollars what that amounts to, but it's, it's a lot. And uh, <laughs> so Especially if you're 16. When, exactly. You to play some music? What? I can get paid for this? Exactly. I know. So, I mean, we had some expenses and all, like we had to pay the driver. We're too young to drive, so we had to pay the driver and rent a van, but, you know, what the heck. <clears throat> so, the thing is, is that, and I did, I really did learn a lot uh, in that experience being a rock lead guitar player. Uh, but the best part, I think, was that as I grew up and I started to really get the feel for what it is like to be an entrepreneur, I decided early on that I wanted to be successful. And it was a decision I made watching um, my mom, actually, after my dad and her divorced. And she struggled. I mean, she was. we lived a nice lower middle class life growing up in Brooklyn, New York. But after the divorce, she really struggled. And my sister and I made a decision that we were going to do something about that and just never be poor. That was our, our decision. And, and the way we went about it was completely different. She became um, a, a clerk and judge for the New York State uh, um, Supreme Court, and I went on to start a company. And so we took different paths, but we both knew that we had to be successful. That was in our DNA at that point. So I went out and I went to school for electrical engineering, and I loved it. I was just such a geek. You have no idea. I took everything apart. Um, but I was lucky enough to work with some of the pioneers in the computer industry back many years ago. 
And it wasn't so much that I learned how to, you know, build circuits or design circuits. I learned how the leaders in this industry thought. And that thinking has served me well all throughout my life. So as I, as I went through and as I got older and as I got better at what I was doing <clears throat> and I became an engineer, I also realized that engineering, the actual part of engineering, was only about 10 or 15% of the job. The rest of it was related more to you know, all the paperwork <laughs> related to that, and I, and I didn't like it. So I decided that I was going to move on, and I went and started to do some real estate investing, and, and uh, I started to build a small portfolio of properties in Boston, Mass. And um, at that point, I saw that, you know what? It's unlimited. You could be anything you want to be as long as you are willing to work. And I don't mean work at the supermarket. I mean work at being an entrepreneur. And that means having a sharp eye for opportunity. And when you see an opportunity, you go for it. And, and I think that in my life, um, I just was lucky to have been blessed with the type of confidence that led me to not stop. So when I saw an opportunity, I just went after it and I didn't stop and decide, well, this isn't for me. I just said, you know, I just, that thought in many ways never entered my mind. You know, later I started a software company. And let me tell you, there was a lot of people starting software companies back then. But I didn't care. I had an idea that I believed in and I was going to run with it. And my partner and I, we basically put $5,000 in the bank and we ran with it. And we ran hard. And we had no investors. We had no one paying our salaries in fact, we had no salaries for years, but we believed in what we were doing. We believed in our product. We believed in our marketplace, and we believed in ourselves. And I think that is probably more than anything um, one of the things that, that got me through all of this. I'm sure you've had moments like that, too. No, I, you just got to believe in yourself. I agree wholeheartedly because exactly – because if you just – if you – well, if even the belief in yourself, like if you get overwhelmed that what the trouble you're facing now, like if you get too into the rug, then you're you're lost, right? You have to keep that that bigger picture, and it really helps, like you said, to have mentors and other people or some motivating factor to keep you moving forward. Whether it's understanding someone else's story and recognizing that compared to them, you know, you've got nothing to complain about, or whether you've got a history or a background, something that drives and motivates you. I was just reading. Um, Last night, the was it the success system that never fails by William Clement Stone, and there's mm. a wonderful quote in there saying that it was inspired dissatisfaction is what gets us to like to 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 accomplish things. Um, what was it? I think I can just grab it. Hold on a second. The road to success starts when you are inspired to make effort. Inspiration starts when you are motivated to dissatisfaction with things the way they are. Therefore, inspirational dissatisfaction is the strongest single force in your success. To be dissatisfied, you must want something, like what you were saying, you, you wanted to never be poor, right? And if you want something bad enough, you'll do something, you'll try to get it. Um, and it just kind of, it went on, I'm going to read all of it, but it was just, it's that inspired dissatisfaction. If you're just slightly content, you know, then it's fine. But if you have people that, why can't I be as successful as them? Or again, something that you're, you know, you're, you're trying to stay away from. Um, I think you're right. You just have to persevere and go through that. And too, too often people, um, they just give up, you know, too easily. Uh, That's right. 
That's um, right. You know, you know who Gary Vanderchuk is, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I love, I love what Gary says. Gary says <clears throat> that uh, we all have the capacity to work a second full-time job. He says, all you got to do is work half a day. All you got to do is work half a day on your business and you can spend the other half a day going to work while you're building your business. So I thought about that and I said, well, what does he mean? I, and, I, and he continued to speak and he said, half a day, 12 hours. So instead of coming home and watching another episode of MASH or, or, or any other so, sort of time-wasting stuff you do, you know, kiss the kids goodnight, uh, put them into bed, uh, kiss your wife and say, I'll see you in the morning and go back into your office and get to work. You can build the business at night, on the weekends, and if you have to, you'll do whatever it takes. See, that's the difference. A true entrepreneur will do whatever it takes to be successful, whereas unfortunately so many of us, and I'm, I'm included sometimes, I get the feeling like I want to just give up, but you've got to fight that feeling. That's not going to serve you. That feeling is your subconscious mind trying to derail you and keep you safe, and by me by being safe, that means not taking a risk. Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's a great quote. It reminds me of um, like just something that when I was talking with uh, my, my dad once, he was talking about, we were driving and he said something in passing and he said, you know, I was like, oh, well, we're just a bunch of monkeys. You know, I'm like, oh, we're just a bunch of people. And he's like, well, we're also part, 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 part tree. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, think about it. Like we lay roots. And the other thing was, is that what we focus on grows because trees, plants just sit there and they wait for sunlight, nutrients and water. And then they grow as soon as they have it. They just, they just, once they get those things, they grow. And as humans, anything we focus on and we put like our energy, our focus and attention, if you've got, was it the skill set, the mindset and the environment to support it, we just grow in whatever direction. So we said coming home, right? Just shut the TV off because if you spend an hour a day watching your favorite show, your knowledge in that show grows while other areas of your life remain stagnant. And a lot of people have the theory in life that you're either growing or dying, that there's no middle ground. Right, that you're either that there's no real stagnation. The sun never really hangs out anywhere in the sky; it's constantly moving. Right. And so I think that that's a great, great, great quote. There's no reason why you can't. There's so many hours in the day, and the failure to say that you have time just means that it's just not a priority, or you just you you don't have control of your time in your life. That's right. That's mm. right. So it's a matter of deciding that you're not going to be comfortable. Uh, comfort is the enemy of success. Yeah, nothing feels like success. <laughs> So, Mitch, what were some of the greatest challenges in your business career, and how did you overcome them? Well, it, it's funny. We're talking about some of that now, so I'll, I'll, this will lead into this story. Once I started Time Slips Corporation, we were entering the legal market. And if you've ever known anybody who's marketed into the legal market to attorneys, I hear that it's supposed to be one of the hardest markets of all to crack. Now, I didn't know this, and it's a good thing I didn't. You know, People say that if, <laughs> if, you, yep. if anyone ever told you how hard it is to start a business, you wouldn't have done it. That's right. um, so, so I'm at this point, you know, I had this idea for a time tracking tool on the PC that was based on a little program that used to be called a pop-up where you'd hit an alt-shift type of combination and a screen would pop up and you could enter data or do something in that screen. That was called a pop-up. So we built an entire time tracking tool in a pop-up and we made the prediction maybe stupidly so because we didn't have any research but we made the prediction that people would start to use computers more than they are now and this goes back to 1985 
And my prediction was that lawyers would actually move the computer to their desk and want to use their own computer directly instead of having them in the back office, which is what the whole industry has been built on, having them in the back office. So I said, no, they're migrating to the front office, and I want to be the first guy to help attorneys and accountants keep track of their time with a live timer right on their screen. And and we priced the program at $99, which was almost making it – insanely cheap and uh, almost took credibility away from it because it was just so cheap. And then the greatest challenge of my career was when the American Business Association tried to discredit our product. And when I called to find out why, they told me because I was not ABA certified. What? That Well, at that time, they were certifying our time and billing software. So I asked them, well, what does it take to get certified? And they said, very very nonchalantly, they said, well, it, it just pay us $46,000 and we'll certify you. <laughs> so I was being shaken down by the Chicago Mafia called the ABA. Yeah. And I said, you know, you know something? I'm going to let the market decide. So you could shove that offer right up where you, where you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and at that point... I actually told my clients in a newsletter what was going on, and I said, let's fight the ABA together. Let's spread the word about time slips, and let's get this software into the hands of every attorney we can. And let's show the ABA who has the number one product. And 18 months later, after almost being shut down by this negative publicity by a very powerful organization, they invited me to be the keynote speaker at their convention. Really? That's awesome. I know. That's awesome. I've loved that. I've done so much of my life just in, like, in spite of others. What do, you, what do you mean I can't do this? Really? Let me show you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wow. And, you know, go, go, I want to go back to one other point in my, early in my life. Um, I told you I was an engineer, and I made a transition to being a field engineer. And then I made a transition to wanting to be a salesman. And so I went over to the head of sales and I said to the guy, and I had enormous respect for him. He was very wealthy, very successful. And I said, Bill, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I'm thinking of mo- I'm moving from engineering to sales. Uh, I feel like I'm good with people and I have an advantage over other salespeople because I really know the products. And he laughed that condescending laugh. <laughs> well, I got to tell you something, Mitch. You know, you're a great marketing engi- uh, uh, field engineer, but, but you know, Great salespeople are born, and, and it's just not you. Hmm. And I stood up, and I had three words in my mind as I turned around and left that room. And those three words were, I'll show you. Hmm. And it was completely instinctual. I didn't think about it. I didn't know. That was what my mind gave me back. I'll show you. And I had a new motivation at that point. And 10 years later, after I sold my company for $10 million, I pulled up in front of his building in my brand new BMW, and I sat there and I waited. And I waited for him to come out of the building. And this is probably immature and spiteful in some ways. But, you know, I just needed to to uh, put some closure on this cycle. I waited for him to come out. And all I did was stand there, leaning on my car, smiling, waiting for him to come out. And he came over and gave me a big hug and told me he heard all about my success and was very proud of me. So, you know something? Sometimes you take your motivation where it comes. And for me, that day, that moment became 
for 10 years what motiv- motivated me to be successful. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it goes back to that that being dissatisfied. You were dissatisfied with his opinion of you. And exactly. He was trying to impose a limiting belief on you. And it, yeah, it fueled you to prove them different because exactly, exactly that. You didn't want to be the engineer and you didn't want to have to go back, you know, again to what you felt where you were coming from, poverty. And so, yeah, you fought and you stood up and you, you rose above it. That is awesome. <laughs> and so, and sometimes we all want that. We, I have a mentor who calls that FU money. And, uh, that's right. And it's, it's a powerful thing. There's, you know, it's. It really is a powerful thing. I know I called a few people up just to not rub it in their face, but just be like, hey, man, how you doing? How's it going? Because, you know, just not not to be a bad person at all. But, again, it's, 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 it's walking into your ideal person. It's trying to see yourself as who, you know, who you are. And then part of that, unfortunately, is uh, outside, like having other people recognize it as well. Yep, that's true. It's like stepping into your power in a sense. Yep. You know what? We all are in the business of self-debasement to some degree. We all, if if anyone ever spoke to us the way we speak to ourselves, we would have them arrested. And it's that self-talk that we have to be so careful of because that's the stuff that really knocks entrepreneurs down. And you got to listen for it and you got to respond to it when you hear it and you got to put an end to it because it's not serving you. Mm. And the only thing that really serves you is your belief and your determination to be successful. No one can take that away from you. And by the way, people will try. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was it was shocking for me in my like in my career just people that I would have never expected. Just money does weird things to people. And even people I would have never never ever in my life have had any concern about uh, you know, you just you just never know. Um, but that's part of it, I think. And it's it's part of the journey as well, right? Because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, uh, what is it? There was an article in a Canadian magazine, McLean's, that, you know, they did some study and it was like, money does make you happier up to about $100,000, $150,000 a year. And after that, you know, it's kind of diminishing return on investment. I don't know if you can speak to that. Now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't I wouldn't complain about having multiple millions in the bank account. <laughs> but, um, you know, at some point, it's, it is. It's more about the journey. It's more about a contribution to the world, about creating a legacy, about seeing what you're capable of, about helping others, about, you know, just just giving this life all you've got. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, honestly, it is a measuring stick, money, and it is something that without the desire to, um, to right. pursue it, you're, you're not going to want it. Yep. So I'm not sure mm. if I would say that, you know, there's a certain amount of money. See, I, I remember, and I'll tell you a funny story about that. I remember just after I sold my company, I was invited to a party at my new boss's house. And he had a beautiful, beautiful $8 million mansion in Dallas. And I'm standing around with my uh, then-pregnant wife, and we're chatting among the guests. And and we just happened to be standing by this group of people, and they invite us into the conversation. And, and they're trying to decide whether to get the G4 or the G5 Gulfstream. Because after all, there's, there is a difference. I... I don't exactly remember what they are, but, you know, and, I, and all of a sudden I felt so poor. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're now talking about their ski house in Aspen and they're talking about their yacht and, and their, you know, their, their big motorhome in the garage. And, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, boy, I, I, I guess there's more to go, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But, you know, 
No, that's, you bring up a good point, and it's what you said at the beginning um, that about who you surround yourself with. They set your benchmarks. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, do you have any advice for anyone who's maybe listening to this and they're just like, "What six figures a year? What millions of dollars? Like that just seems so far for them." If they're struggling or starting out, or they've already got an existing business but they're just going through a dip right now, um, what would you recommend to them? I well, let, let's address each of those separately, okay? Because I think they're different problems. Mm. So, if you said to me, um, "Mitch, I got a business that's struggling right now." Uh, we're in the middle of some sort of a dip here, um, and I don't know what to do. So, Daryl, I think you probably know better than anybody. What you got to do is you got to go out and sell. Yep. <laughs> There's just no excuse. There's nothing else. I you can you can pray to the to, to the go, to the gods. You can and you know rain dances. Yep. <laughs> you could read 17 books, but until you pick up the phone and start making phone calls, it's not going to make a hoot of a difference. So if you are sitting there and you're in a slump and you're listening to this, then just press the stop button on, on your iPhone and instead start calling clients. Yep. And you, even if it's clients that are, that, 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 let's say you, you are in a one-time sale type of a business. Maybe you sell swimming pools. You're certainly not going to sell a second swimming pool, right? So what you do is you call them and say things like, how's that swimming pool working out for you? Oh, great. We love it. The family loves it. Great. Uh, I was thinking of stopping by the neighborhood and um, wondered if you could recommend that I drop into some of your neighbors. Can you give me their names and maybe if you could call in advance and tell them how much you like the pool, I'd really appreciate that. So what I'm really saying here is go get some testimonials from happy clients if you don't think that they'd buy from you again. That's the best thing of all. And by the way, if they're going to do that, Say, would you mind if I swing by and just pull out my iPhone and record that as a mm -hmm. short video? Mm -hmm. Because every time somebody is willing to say something nice about you, if you could figure out a way to get a video or an audio of it, that you know the printed word is great, but I could make up testimonials. I, I wouldn't, of course, but I could. Anybody could. But it's hard to make up a video or an audio, mm -hmm. and that's why it has more credibility. And that's really what this is about. So if you're in a slump, go sell. That's the bottom line. If you are about to start something new, then I want you to think about where you're at as a gift. You have the gift, <clears throat> excuse me, of the beginner's mindset. And I want to make a point here, and this is important. No true innovation ever came from inside an industry. It always comes from the outside of an industry. And what I mean by that is we completely upset the entire time and billing market but yet we weren't lawyers. We weren't even software developers. We weren't anyways near accountants or knew or understood accounting software. Yet we became the number one product in that business because we were able to look at it with fresh eyes. And that beginner's mindset is a gift that you only have for a short period of time. And you better use it. And you better use it quick because unfortunately you'll be assimilated. You'll be the Borg. You'll be assimilated very quickly here. Because all of a sudden, you'll be in the industry, and then you'll start agreeing with everybody else. So before you begin agreeing, have that beginner's mindset, really strike out and, and understand what your true gifts are here. That's part of it. That is great wisdom. And you know, I know you said you wanted to kind of segment out the people starting out, but I think even if you have an existing business, 
I know that once you're in your business for a certain period of time, it's really hard to imagine what it would be to be like a customer who's never met you, doesn't know you, that just experiences or walks into your store or your place of business for the first time. I know someone that that's what they do as a consultant. That's literally what they do is they, they work with spas mostly and they literally just take the owner with them and they, you know, and they basically like secret shop with the owner. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To like walk them through it. And so I think what you said, I think that's just such great wisdom, whether you're starting out or even if you've been already been in a, in a, in a business. Again, another, another friend of mine, Richard Tripp, his company, what they do is they do, they basically try to find the 80, 20 of your customer base. Because so many businesses, they got, you know, all right, you're engaged in business, you've got hundreds of customers, maybe even thousands, but who, you know, who are the most valuable customers and how can you optimize to them? So I think what you said is just really, really wise um, because once you're in something too long, you're too close to it. So, um, yeah, people who are new to it, they actually have an advantage because they can take a look at it from an objective point of view and they can look at other industries and um, just see what's wrong with it. And oftentimes figuring out what the negative reviews are. Um, is a great place to start uh, when you're doing your competitive research. I know people that are looking to write books or something like that. You know, they look at all their competitors' books and read the negative reviews, and that exactly. gives them great, great insight onto what, <laughs> yeah, what, what the gap is. And it's not that yeah. they're, it's not that their competitors' books are bad. It's just nothing's perfect. That, and, but you're so tr- that's so true. I just did that. In fact, when <laughs> I when I went through, there's only other two other books that I know of. Uh, that address what my topic is, which is what I wrote about. And the last thing I did before I sent my book off um, to the for final editing and publishing was I went online and I read all the negative reviews of the two other books that are somewhat in my space. And then I went back to my own manuscript and I made sure I covered all those points. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. You, well, you you said it first, so it's just it was great wisdom. Um, are there any books that you recommend? I mean, you've worked with some powerful people, so um, I mean, what, what would you? What are your top kind of couple of books that you would recommend to someone that's again trying to make their way and make multi millions in, in business? Okay, I'm going to recommend a book that no one's ever heard of, and that recently has made a very big impression on me. I'm going to recommend two books. Sure. The first book is called "You Too Can Be Prosperous" by Robert Russell. And if you go back and take a look at when this book was printed, I think the first printing was was um, was uh, 1905, I believe. Uh, it was 19. I'm sorry, 1950. And um, this book is a treasure trove of wisdom. And all I could tell you is that when I read this book, I felt like I was exposed to truth, truth about the mindset of money and what drives us as people. And this was really, really wonderful to me and important to me. And it was something that I could highly recommend to others. So I wanted to make sure that that's on on your short list. And it's a short book, but let me tell you, read it slowly and really, really take it in. And so that's You Too Can Be Prosperous by Robert Russell? Exactly. Got it, got it, got it. It's a simple book. It's in the same... Uh, cat- category as the richest man in Babylon, you know it, it's one of these foundational books um, that really, really help you get into a wealth mindset. Mm. And wealth does not really come to people unless they're in that mindset. Uh, unless, of course, it's an accident, like you know somebody died and left you a, a ton of bucks. But for the most part, 
if you're going to be wealthy, you're going to need to work at it, but you're going to have to overcome the limitations of, of your unconscious mind. And in this case, some of those limitations can be pretty severe, which is why most of the world lives in poverty. So by overcoming those things and freeing yourself, giving your, yourself almost permission, if you will, to go out there and become wealthy and successful, that's really the first step. And that's what I believe is what, what I certainly needed to do uh, when I first got started. I didn't use this book at the time. I didn't know about it. But I took the Dale Carnegie course. That was my way of, of really connecting with the success of another. And I said before about mentors, you know, your mentors don't have to be live people sometimes. They could be programs. They could be authors. You know, I, Jay Abraham was my greatest mentor um, for years. Really? I went to his conferences. I sat at his feet and wrote notes for hours and hours. And I'll tell you the truth. Um, you know, he's now a friend. We, we, we met several times. I even hired Jay once to write a campaign for me. And uh, we met for the first time in 2009, and he remembered me. And ever since, we've been friends. And it was, it's been an incredible friendship, and he's an unbelievable individual, something, someone with a unique gift. And I still study his works like I did from day one. That's awesome. But you just said you, you, you know, for years you were following him and he, you know, he didn't really know, he might, he might have known who you were, but you hadn't made that connection. I think that's really powerful. And that's something that I, and I can speak to that because I myself early in my career, um, I lived in a small town in Canada and nobody else around me knew what I was into. Nobody like Canada is not as entrepreneurial as the States by any means. And the town I lived in, it used to be the capital of Canada. It's also used to be the penitentiary capital of Canada. And there's two universities and a college in that town. So it's an institutional town. Everyone goes there to like get a job and work, you know, work for the government or, you know, some large institution. So I was so isolated in that, that I literally just would be plugged into podcasts like this, my nose and books, and technology was my best friend because over Facebook, I would seek out people like you and I would just befriend you and, hey, like ask questions and, you know, just strike up a conversation and, and just make friends. And that, like, just like you said, you, you don't necessarily need to know the people. You can use your you, – you can just imagine. What would I do, you know, if um, – Who's a great someone I'm trying to think of? Dale Carnegie is a great example. What would he do in this scenario? You know, and just tap right. into that. And that's something I can speak to that from personal experience that changed my life. Is exactly if I didn't have five people around me, I cut off ties, not in a cruel way, but it was like, no, nah, it's all right. I don't really feel like getting drunk Friday night. I got other things to do. You know, Good. and instead I would be, you know, just plugged in and hit and hammering away and. Um, it's just, no, it's just really reaffirming to hear you say that because, um, obviously with, you know, your credentials, which you've accomplished, um, I mean, success leaves clues for a lot of people, you know, they've heard it, but you just got to hear it again and again to really get it drilled through your skull, right? So True. True. And, <laughs> um, and the other point I wanted to make is that, you know, when I started my software company in 1985, uh, I didn't know anything about the software business. But there was another software company that was right down the street from us, about about 20 miles away, called Lotus Development Corporation. Uh, and they were the inventors of the spreadsheet, Lotus 123. So wow. I, I picked up the phone and I called the front desk and I said, can I please speak to the vice president of marketing? And they said, who's calling? And I said, Mitch Russo, that's who's calling. And she, for some reason... Uh, just decided to connect me and I, I got the guy on the phone and I said, hey, um, my name is Mitch and I'm starting a software company and I uh, frankly don't know much about the software industry at all. Can I buy you lunch 
and tell you a little bit about what I'm doing and maybe get some advice from you. Well, this was a guy I would have never had access to, and I probably would have never even figured out how to find him. I didn't even know his name when I called. But yet at this time, he was willing to talk to me, willing to have lunch with me, willing to give me some advice that helped me quite a bit at the time, and we stayed friends for several years after that. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone or these days send an email and introduce yourself. And not not a casual email, but a serious email. Hey, I really would love to get to know you, and maybe if you have a few minutes, uh, I'd love to get your feedback on something I'm working on. And let me tell you, a simple question like that, no matter how important the individual is, could open doors for you. Yeah, yeah, no, hands down. And an important note to make on that is be of value in that in that at first attempt and in that relationship. Like you were going to buy him lunch, and in some ways he must have felt, you know, like everybody wants to be recognized for the, you know, for who they've done. So he must have been, he must have made him feel good to be like, you know, because he's working so hard trying to help his company be successful. To have someone just call him out of the blue and be like, hey, I really need, you know, I know that you're a great man and you've accomplished or you're accomplishing great things. You know, can I buy you lunch? That's you're you're paying him psychic income and you know you're, well it's not you weren't paying him physical income but you're paying him also with the food and so you're you're really delivering value to him and so i just for the listeners just because i get this sometimes people call and like i i don't even know who they are nothing about them and you know and they're just lots of asking do you know what i mean like there's just lots of like want 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 and i and i i, I feel for them and i help the people i can but it's really important that if you want to be well received especially if someone has a very busy schedule that you find a way to contribute value and be valuable to that person um i just think that that's that's a really important point to make because that's again more great wisdom um mitch what was the second book that you were going to recommend okay well the second book is a book that i just love to read i've read it uh several times and um it's the sort of thing that you know we we all read a lot of um a lot of business books but one of my favorite books in the world is called Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, some people say, well, I'm not reading a 950-page book. <laughs> and all I could tell you is that I was so sorry that this book had to end. Mm. It was one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read. The, the lessons in this book, are they leap off the page. I mean, the, the life lessons, the business lessons, the spiritual lessons – the, the lessons about what it takes to be a successful human being, and maybe even more so. I mean, even a superhuman being in some ways. But it's also a love story, and it shows how the tenderness of another human being can have an enormous impact uh, on, on others. So it's a sort of book that, that has so many messages that I just felt like reading it once wasn't enough. I know that. Yeah, that's Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand. It's on my shelf. I'm like just starting into that. It, it is a big, long book. I'm, I'm going to have to pick that up again. For people listening to this call, just so they know, anytime I'm on an interview with someone and they recommend these books because I'm asking, I actually buy them like during the – like I already – I just bought. You can you two can be prosperous. Atlas Shrugged, I'm looking at it right now. I feel like an idiot that I haven't finished reading it because I've been recommended a few times before. And even if you're – I know you're busy. You know the stuff. You know, There's a great quote by Jim Rohn. The book you don't – what was it? Uh, the book you don't own, you can't read, and the book you don't read can't help you. And I mean, I the I'm looking at Atlas Shrugged right now, and it's a dollar sixty six cents on Amazon. I mean, just there's no excuse why you aren't building your library. Um, 
and and getting these things like right now unless you're driving of course keep your eyes on the road but um great suggestion i'm gonna go back to that book it was good it was good it was just it's a big book <laughs> it is a big book and one of the and in fact i had it for years before i read it too but what changed my mind about it was the the um references to it in 2000 and eight, when the stock market crashed, everyone says, "Oh, it's Atlas Shrugged," and and I'm thinking, why is pe- why are people mentioning this now? So even though I had it on my shelf and hadn't read it, that was the incentive that I used mm. to actually download it on my Kindle, and now I could carry it through an airport <laughs> without mm. needing a separate bag. It's right. pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, I've met, been fortunate enough. I went to a conference once, and I remember there was the, the, the guru, they had quotes on the wall, and one was like, if you want to be broke, hang around nine broke people. And I was like, forget that. I want to be rich. I want to meet nine millionaires. So I met a goal that I was going to meet nine millionaires in, uh, over the next 12 months, and I met more than that. And, and this book comes up on a lot of people's lists. So, yep. yeah. Um, and I love, I love the old wisdom is great. Like the, you too can be prosperous. It's mm. said 1950. That's a great one. I had someone recommend to me, uh, every man, a winner. And that like the copyright on that is like 1906 or something like 1916. And that mm-hmm. was a phenomenal book. And there's just, yeah, wisdom is wisdom. So that's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have, I any, totally agree. Do you have any favorite quotes? I've, I've been dropping quotes here is there anything that motivates you or inspires you that you you like and carry forth i've had one quote that has inspired me for for several years and i haven't changed it because it's so it means so much to me and it's by steve jobs and i'll read it to you your time is limited so don't waste it by living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others opinions Drown out your own inner voice, and most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. That's a great quote. I love Steve Jobs. Um, What a great man. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So now, in having trained and coached and mentored so many business owners and created programs to help them. What are the greatest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making? Is there like a top five or is there, is there some sort of cat? Like what are the big ones that you see people making over and over that really hold them back? Well, I'll give you a few general ones and then some specific ones. So most people are a lot uh, are about ready, fire, aim. Most people just go off half cocked, they're unprepared, they fail, and then they feel like a loser or feel like a failure, and that becomes um, sort of a, a rope around their neck for the next time, a weight around their neck for the next time they go and try and be successful again. Mm. So it's it would be really, really good if you prepared before you leapt into the waters of entrepreneurism. And so give me, give, let me give an example. Um, I was approached by um, a very enthusiastic young team that was raising money. And, um, and I asked them a lot of questions because I was very interested in what they were offering. But what it came down to for me is that none of them were prepared to be entrepreneurs. So what does that mean? Well, they wanted to work like they were working for a company, not like they were working for themselves. They wanted to get a salary at the same rate that they were making at their engineering jobs. They wanted 
to have a posh office or a fancy office. They wanted to work hours like they would work if they were working for a company. And I said to myself, you know what? No matter how great their idea is, there's just no way that I'm going to be compatible with these folks because I'm going to say, hey, forget your salary. You're going to work, on a, uh, you're going to work for nothing until you prove your concept. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough money in the bank to do it, well, fine. Save some. Borrow some from your mom. Find another way. But don't come to me as an investor and say to me, oh, I have this great idea and I want you to invest. And by the way, can you pay me and my family what I was making before? The answer is no. So, so be prepared. Know your markets. You know, you can tell in five minutes when someone really knows and understands their market or not. You know, I told you before that you have this moment in time when you have a, the mindset of a, of a beginner. Use your beginner's mindset to learn, to be a sponge, to absorb. That's how, you, I, that's how I think you impress others and get their support. And speaking of that, the other thing that really works well particularly when you're in a position where you need support, is to learn how to sell yourself. Learn how to sell what you're doing. So do you mind if I uh, no, become – do you mind if I be the coach for a moment? Go, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So he, here's my five minutes of coaching. So anybody who's listening to this call and has a business – Imagine if you and I walked in, you know the story, you walk into the elevator, you have 45 seconds to tell me what you do. So most people will say, uh, and I'll go back to my roots with time slips and say, well, okay, well, we publish a software program uh, in the legal space and what it does is it lives on the user's uh, desktop and it keeps track of their time. And like now I want to chew my arm off and jump out of that elevator if I'm listening <laughs> to them, right? Right, right, okay. of course. So, so. What I want you to do, whoever's listening, is I'm going to give you seven words and I want you to write them down. So the first three words are, you know how, dot, dot, dot. And the next four words are, what we do is, dot, dot, dot. Now, if you practice this, you will never, ever leave anybody bored. In fact, you'll have them asking you, if you can help that if they if you if they can get your help so here's here's how it works so if you say to me in the elevator so Mitch what do you do you say well you know how lawyers have a hard time keeping track of what they do and in fact most of them really don't know how to do that at all they much rather practice law wouldn't you agree yeah well what we do is is we make that job super easy for business people to keep track of their time bill their hours and actually collect more money right that's brilliant yep Yep. 45 seconds, yep. okay? So the, the, you know how what we do is is the best possible way of conveying your message. Mm. And if, you could, if, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this and you have a product or you have something you're pitching, if you can incorporate this into your routine, then I guarantee you that people will hear you. Mm-mm-mm. What I like so well... Uh, what, well, <laughs> that was bad grammar. What I like so much about that was because 
<laughs> I'm reading my notes because I was writing mine <laughs> as you were going through that. Sorry, All right, I'm going to stop looking at my notepad. What I love about that so much is you're identifying a problem and then providing the solution. And I'm a firm believer, and I say this often, that a problem is a market, not a demographic, not some you know cool gadget, not a fad, not a trend. It's a problem that's mm-hmm. the market. And so that's like exactly what you said there. Like you know you know how so and so and so happens. Well, this is how we fix it. Yep. Um, and that's just so, it's just so simple. It doesn't have to be super complicated. There's no six points of persuasion and, you know, and how to sell ice to Eskimos and all that exactly. stuff. There's just, here's the problem. Yeah. You know how you hate it when that happens? Well, we solve it and this is how we do it. Exactly. So simple. So good. That's yep. awesome. That's so awesome. So that's excellent. Thank you so much, Mitch. Was there anything else in that? Did I interrupt you? you No, no. That was just really what I wanted to say. By the way, um, I didn't make that up. I learned that from Barney Zick, the the late Barney Zick. And I heard Barney say that live at a Jay Abraham event in 1995. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't think any of us have ever made any of this stuff up. I think for like for me, I just regurgitate the stuff that I've learned and read and, you know, experienced as well. So um, that's fine. It's pretty much yours now. Anyways, you've already embodied it with your company and the years you've used it. So. Oh, yeah. And I've taught it to as many people uh, as I can because it's just it, – it's clarity. It just makes things clear. And I just love that. I love being able to communicate quickly and clearly. Hmm. That's a really good point. I did an interview with a friend who has been involved in a lot of seven-figure launches and, and, and he's – um, been on insider circles with eight figure business owners and I asked him if there was a commonality he said yeah their businesses are really simple yep. like, you know because to get to that level you can't have complex things it's like at some point you know it just the, the things start breaking down and so the, the, the infrastructure has to get very simple very fast and that's just that's such a crazy thing and that's even again I, I have a martial arts background you know there's all sorts of new fancy techniques and things that are going out but they only work on the beginners and so why do you even bother with that like learn the things that are going to take you all the way to the end and um so no i like, I like clear communication problem solution um very well said thank you so how about yourself? What was the best advice you ever got or a time in your life when you were in a, you know, I, I mean, I guess you say, you said earlier in the call that you never really lacked the self-confidence, but was right now, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say, what was like the hardest challenge that you had and what was the best advice that you got or what was a moment in your time, a failure that you had and then someone came out and kicked you in the butt and turned you around? Do you have one of those moments? I do. Uh, I think we all do. Um, and this came earlier in my life. Uh, I went to work for a um, software, uh, a, a, a chip vendor called Mostech Corporation. And I was hired into the company, um, and I went to work at the local office as a field applications engineer. And uh, I, I came back from a sales call one day, and the big boss was in town, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs at my boss behind a closed door. And he was just infuriated that he had hired a Jew. I'm Jewish. Mm. He, said, he said, don't you, how dare you? What's wrong with, what are you, stupid? He says, well, I don't know. I thought his, his name is Russo. How could he be Jewish? He said, well, the giveaway is his first name. No Italian mother would name a Jewish son Mitchell. It would have to be Michael. And now at this point, like I'm shaking. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm like in my mid to late 20s now and I, I hardly like the beginning of a new career for me, really. And 
and I don't, I just don't know what to do. I thought maybe I should quit. And, and I, I was at a point in my life, a turning point. And what I did is I went to, um, a, a mentor in the industry, uh, somebody else in the industry who also was Jewish. And I asked him, what do I do? His name was Joel Weinstein. I said, Joel, this is what happened. What do I do? And he said something to me that I never forgot, and it made a very strong impression on me, and it changed my decision. He said to me, don't let those buffoons take your job away from you. And I thought to myself, you know something? He's right. I earned this job. I'm really good at it, and I'm going to excel in this company. And just because of these small-minded baboons that are sitting there and and cursing out each other because of me and because of my religion, uh, I'm not going to let that stop me. Mm. And you know something? I had difficulty working at that company. They did not let up over the years. But the bottom line was that I did exactly what I said I was going to do. I excelled at that job, and I was motivated to do it because I wanted to prove to these guys that they did not make a mistake hiring me. I, I think I could have gone either way if joel weinstein would have said to me you know you should probably get out of there it's a you know negative toxic environment blah 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 i might have said yeah you're probably right but i'm glad he didn't and i learned so much because of making getting his help to make that decision so once again it comes back to having a mentor it comes back to that fork in the road that changes your life and making the right decision as hard as it might be Yeah, that's excellent. Now, how – sorry, I'm just thinking about that because I went through something similar to that. You know, the common theme that keeps coming up and just like with the story that you just said, it's just – what I love about it is that it's you kind of imposing your will or your plan versus just being reactionary, if that makes – like, you know, because you have to react to external forces and adapt. But you, you know, you've got your North Star and you just kind of keep moving towards it and – that's the one thing like, you know, when the guy told you you couldn't get at sales and all this sort of stuff, I just feel like that's the one kind of recurring theme I feel like that I've heard a lot from you in your language and your stories in this call is just how you – exactly that. I've already said it. Just how you would impose your will or, you know, stick to your plan as best as you could jumping around things but versus some people like something happens and they get caught up in the reaction. You know what I mean? It's it's like uh, playing chess. I've 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 I had a turning point in a, playing a, a good friend of mine who's also very successful, and he's super like just he kicks my butt all the time. But I've started to win more games against him when I realized I I, I need to stop reacting to how like when he would do something I need to keep imposing my plan versus focusing on what he's doing. And I just heard that a lot in your talk and I think that's a really important thing that when you set a goal it comes back to what we said at the very beginning of the call again, the perseverance, the, the pig headed determination. There's just the to have the goal and this is who I am, this is who I want to be and I'm gonna walk into that and be that person. I agree. Now, I don't think I don't think you get a choice though. I think you know the world is set up in such a way to screen out for those people who, who it can easily crush. And, you know, I guess if they showed up with machine guns and started mowing down people, you know, you can't really talk your way out of that, although I, I know I try, I'm sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the bottom line is that it's really your decision. You know, it's your life. It's like Steve said, you know. This is really all about 
the noise of, of others' opinions. And others' opinions are not going to control my fate, my destiny, or my life. And they shouldn't control anybody else who's listening to this phone call. Because if you're listening to this call, then you're an entrepreneur. And you're out to make this world to, to conform to your needs. And you should. Um, I only have one more question for you. Well, actually, I have a second question. But I want to ask, do you have any daily habits or routines that you think have really been instrumental on your path to success? You know, when I was throughout my, my years of, of being on the road and selling, I had a trunk full of sales programs, uh, lots and lots of cassette tapes. Um, it was just really learning. And and while I didn't know those people, I learned from them. I probably was um, uh, I, I probably was getting less gas mileage in my car because I had so many cassette programs in the trunk. But but seriously, it it became my rolling university. I never listened to the radio. I didn't care about the radio. Uh, I mean, I love music. I was, I am and was a musician. But ultimately, what cared what I cared most about was learning from others and the way that they solved problems. And then as I grew up, I took that one step further. I decided that it was going to be an important thing for me to get to know as many successful connected people as possible. And, you know, that's why uh, I'm delighted to have made your acquaintance because of who you are. I want to know you. I want to, I want to understand you and what you do because of your success. And I want the same with others as well because Ultimately, I can't, you know, I, I can only be good at, I'm an expert, but I'm an expert at only what I'm an expert at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're an expert at what you do and others are at what they do. So the only thing I could do is just get to know as many successful people and connect to them. Mm-hmm. There's so much wisdom in that. I just, it's so, it's just such a, just a wise thing to say because I think a common mistake that I see a lot of my clients making is they try and do everything themselves. And I just love what you said is that you need to surround yourself with people who are experts in different things because you can't do everything. And getting rich is a team sport. It's not a solo thing. It's not something you can do on your own. So, um, no, that's that's, true. Yeah, that's well, that's, and you just, again, you, it came out of your mouth. I'm just, I'm just agreeing with you that it's exactly it, and that's why, that's why I'm doing these interviews and these calls for the people that are listening to help connect them and you know and allow them to be able to reach out and communicate and just have access to people because that way they can recognize knowledge and skill versus you know they have some sort of comparison if if you know um, something to compare against if they're not reaching out to the people that I'm, I'm interviewing. Um, so my, the, I said I had a second, a second question for you, and that question was, is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? Um, no, I think you, <laughs> you covered as much as I, I'm, you know, again, when people ask me questions, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth because I don't really think it's me speaking anyway. I think it's really me channeling the wisdom of, 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 of the universe through myself in a way that is uniquely me. So I never know what I'm going to say, and half the time I don't remember what I said either. So um, if you said to me, now, can you repeat that? I, I might say no because I'm not sure I could. But I, I would like to tell you what I'm doing now. Do we have an extra minute so yeah, I can no, get into no, that? Of course, of course. That was, okay. Yeah, I was going to say that. What are, what are you doing now? What are you excited about? Well, you know, I'm ex- i got to tell you, um, you know how, and I, and I use my seven words on you, you know how possibly 
one of the most unsung ung sun sung heroes of the entrepreneurial world are coaches. Yes. Well, what I am doing now is I am building a program to train coaches to get rich. Mm. And to me, coaches are probably I mean, I've depended on coaches most of my life and I know that so many people benefit from either being a coach or being coached. I feel like it's time that we get coaches into the prosperity zone. And that's what I'm building. I'm building a program that encapsulates all of what I learned building one of the most successful and largest training and sales organizations through coaching um, in the business community, and that was BBI. And, and that's basically where I'm coming from with this program. So let me give you a URL to take a look at. Sure. And the program is not ready yet, so please don't buy it, even though the sales page is up. Um, but it's called Coaching System Architect. And the reason I call the, the company Coaching System Architect is because that's what I am. I go in and I architect a business with a coach in a coaching environment. So if you go to Coaching Systems Archi- System architect.com that is my sales page but if you follow that with forward slash free you can sign up and I will send you a free report which again encapsulates years of hard learned wisdom to get yourself out of trouble before it starts the free report alone if you're a new coach or if you're a coach that's struggling will save your butt and put you on the right path so I highly recommend that but, but here's the point a coach is all about selling their hours for dollars. It's a unfortunate trade because you can only make as many dollars as you have hours to trade. Uh-huh. And so what I want to do is I want to show coaches how they could build a sustainable business that multiplies the dollars in their pocket without spending more hours. Uh-huh. And that's my goal. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's such a worthy cause because coaches, everybody does need a coach. I agree wholeheartedly with you, uh, w- uh, with you on that. Um, no one's won an Olympic gold medal. No one's won a world championship. No one's done anything very significant without some sort of coach. So I think it's a very noble cause. And that URL, again, is coachingsystemarchitect.com slash free to get the report from Mitch, who's obviously very, very savvy and experienced and knows what he's talking about. Um, that's awesome. Thank you so much. What's some of the stuff that's in that report? Well, you know, um, I call the report the five critical errors most coaching businesses make. And the reason I can say that uh, with some authority is because I've made all those mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and one in particular took me two years to figure out. Mm. So if I, could, if I could encapsulate that knowledge and that learning into something and then give it away for free – then I, uh, I'm thrilled to do it. And, I, and of course, you know, in this world, um, the free report, it's ubiquitous to the Internet. It's, it's, this is a little bit different because this is truly useful. This is not something that somebody grabbed off of a website. This is like me, and this is really what I believe can solve problems just in this alone. My, my course, which um, I'm in the process of finishing now, is much deeper, and it goes into all of those topics and much more. And if you were to take this course and you were not successful, then I would insist that you get a refund because it means you're not set up to be successful in your mindset. Everything in my course is designed to help uh, and, and help a, a business owner 
become successful by building a credible, substantial business based on sound techniques that I have myself used over and over again. No, I, I fully, yeah, I fully endorse your stuff because I mean, we both come from the avenue that you have to provide value to others in order to like it's about serving people and helping people. And some people, like if you put out if you put out garbage, then no one's right. Then you obviously lose the interest right away. You have to give people really good quality content, and what that does even is it saves your time because the people that are just do it yourselfers, the people that have simple problems to solve, they'll get that report, they'll read it, it'll change their life, and then the, you know they'll be so happy they'll recommend it to their friends and move on right but the people that do need the deeper hand holding that do need the more that are interested that it's it would be to their benefit to be more involved they'll come to you so no i think that's just a great 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 um offer of you and it's it's obviously again very very worthwhile the url again is coaching system slash free uh mitch is there any other way people can get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out sure they can go to my website mitchrusso.com that's my personal website mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably 40 articles encapsulating the lessons that I've learned. And um, there's a button up top that says that you can literally, anybody who hears this call can click on that button and set up a, a free uh, uh, 20, 30 minute call with me just to chat. That's so, awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, those of you listening that are interested, it's Mitch Russo, M-I-T-C-H-R-U-S-S-O dot com, or go to coachingsystemarchitect.com slash free. Mitch, thank you so much for your time today. I know it's valuable, and I'm very, 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 I'm very, very appreciative of it. Um, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure, Daryl. Mm, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. <laughs> you too. Take care. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.